So here I am at Eastwood Nature Reserve and it's absolutely gorgeous. It's, the spring has definitely sprung. We're surrounded by a hawthorn and it's all in blossom. And actually the dandelions have all passed. So we've got loads of dandelion clocks everywhere. We've got loads of wild mustard and we've got hogweed shoots coming up. And actually this place is just abundant with bird life and, and nature in general. And it's in the, I don't know if you can hear the noises in the background, but there's plenty of traffic noises and we're in the middle of a housing estate and this is what I find lovely about some foraging spots is that suddenly there's a wild area that brings you right out into the nature right in the middle of the city. I'm here with my friend Martin from goforaging.co.uk. This is last year's sumac. Shall we see if it's... See if it's still good. So sumac is an American tree. It was planted uh, extensively in the 70s. It was fashionable in people's gardens. It's all sticking up like a staghorn with these kind of spear-like crimson berry clusters on the top. And from that description, if you know already, you should, should get it from that. If not, then look up sumac, staghorn sumac online. We need someone who's 10 foot tall to get the ones up there. All right, I've got a branch. Off. Oh, I let go and it sprang off like Shall a cartoon John? rabbit. All right, we got one and it just fell down. Okay. So I'm just going to lick this. Like, because it's May, been up on the tree for nine months. So that's all that time with the wind blowing at it, the rain coming down, and it's all the flavours being leached out. Mm. And we're left with the tasteless husk. But if we go a little bit into the if we break it up maybe some of these mm. little red pom-poms wow. still yeah. got that lemony so right on the inside yeah yeah it's good we've still got some flavour and it's intensely kind of lemon strong sharp lemon amazing uses for marinating meats for cocktails I'll use it in place of lemon juice and so you make a Tom Collins a sumac Tom Collins is simple easy so that's uh, what three ounces of gin two ounces of sugar syrup but i make the sugar syrup with this in it and then i neglect the lemon juice that's um, a nice simple cocktail and top it up with some soda water that sounds good i'll give that a go i've used it with with chicken and game much the same idea just replacing or neglecting the lemon it works really really well slightly sort of bitty when you put it in your mouth raw but it it softens when you cook with it so. Just walked a little bit further and we were on the hedgerow and we found the blackthorn. At this time of year, blackthorn leaves are just perfect if you're putting in red wine. So I grab roughly, just, just turn the leaves off down the branches, leaving some of them, grabbing maybe two big handfuls worth and I'll, I'll add that to some red wine, add a little bit of brandy, a little bit of brown sugar leave it up for about two weeks altogether to infuse and you've got a lovely drink called a peen. I can't say this is one that I first came up with, it's been in France for ages, I was first introduced to it by John Wright with a cottage forager. Thanks for that John, I've not looked back actually, it's, it's now become a staple of the house. Like this time of year, every year we have a, a peen. It is supposed to get better with age but I've never experienced that because it's always got drunk. <laughs> Just found a load of hawthorn then on the hedgerow. What do you do with this? Hawthorn flowers. Um, make syrups. Amazing, amazing plant to use. Very, very good for you. But, but I was recently reading that the leaves contain really high amounts of vitamin C. So nibbling as you go along or bunging your spring salads is a good idea. The flowers have an amazing flavour as a syrup or 
You taught me something about them. Put the flowers and the leaves together in brandy. Mm. And let that infuse for only three days. That seems to be long enough. Add a little bit of sugar and you make a drink that tastes quite Turkish delighty. And it's, it's delicious. And you can do the same. You can use vodka. You can use brandy. Hawthorn used well, in Chinese medicine. What do you know about that? It's, it is a plant that's used in Chinese medicine and, I gather, Ayurvedic medicine. And it's something that both East and West agree is a heart tonic. I believe it can stabilise blood pressure. And I know somebody uses it for high blood pressure. Yeah, well, I've used it for high blood pressure and it does seem to work. It does seem to lower my blood pressure. But every time I go to the doctor's mm. and have my blood pressure taken, I'm always hungover and that always highs <laughs> my blood pressure. <laughs> so it gives them false reason. So they well, laughed you out of the surgery. So they laughed, they, they, he laughed me out of the surgery. So it's no wonder, you know, I present to him with high blood pressure because I'm hungover. And he goes, yeah, look, you're, you've got high blood pressure, your hawthorn's not working. And um, of course it isn't. But when I measure it at home, it does. But doctors get lied to all the time. He thinks, I'm lying to him. <laughs> Sounds ridiculous. Such is like. Do you think hawthorn can lead to drinking? I think that's the root <laughs> of the problem. <laughs> We're walking down near a track that doesn't get used by traffic. There's a lot of jack by the hedge around. Now, Martin, I know that you use this extensively. Do you want to talk me through what you do with it? particularly like using it in the pestos this time of year. I'll mix it with wild garlic and maybe use some hazelnuts or I'm really quite whimsical about that. Whatever nuts I've got handy, but hazelnuts or cashews are really good. Making a pesto, I've mixed it with black mustard, which grows all over. It grows in parks in Bristol, but it grows by the coast a lot. And a pesto with that, so it pairs really well with other garlicky mustardy flavours. I use it as a salad leaf. So you use it as a pesto and you use it in salads yeah yeah it pairs really well with bacon a lot of foragers use it for that it's not my own idea so what do you mean it pairs well with bacon how do you I'm just, do you just using the leaves uncooked with bacon on a, on a fry up for breakfast it's really nice I use the flowers a lot because they're, they're very pretty like all garlicky mustard or mustard family I mean do you want to can you describe the plant a little bit when it at this stage it very quickly shoots up in March and April and now it's kind of maximum height flowering so it's nearly completed its life cycle so it's almost getting towards the last chance to pick it before it becomes quite unpleasant tasting and the leaves get tougher it's still if you feel it now it's most of the leaves and the bigger ones are quite tender so it's good picking good eating yeah that's um, really it's really soft it is isn't it so you get that that information that sort of tactile response from plants as you know when you're, when you're picking them you very often know if you're going to have to cook something or if it's beyond it's best still really really good the flowers are delicious well it's pretty making a nice garnish on lots of dishes risottos all sorts of things pasta dishes and the leaves are yeah they're one of my number one spring salad leaves do you use this one at all i think pretty much everything you've said i mean i tend to just pick it and throw it as leaves in a in a salad you know and layer up a salad with various mm. different flavors and, okay. and just sort of use it as something else to wilt down saying describe the plant yeah um to me when it's fully grown and it it kind of looks a little bit like nettle it's got you say serrated edge to the leaves it's got a little bit like nettle nettle leaf look kind of like a nettle that doesn't want to stab you do you know what i mean exactly exactly got one of the basil leaves these come up leaves from the bottom from the bottom of the plant they come up in winter time and they look pretty different they're sort of fatter and rounder aren't they i mean you've got the same markings on the on the top the same sort of vein structure Mm. but but Mm -hmm. they're fatter and rounder i mean that one looks like australia it, it looks exactly like it does, it? either a lung or Australia. Or Australia. Yeah. So we've got goose grass, but it's past it goose by May. Grass? Goose, uh, sticky willy, sticky bud, 
goose grass so these nettles all look past as well so may you know it's definitely that time i quite like may you've you've had the initial april where suddenly everything seems alive but then things are already coming out of season by the time we get into may and i find that as you come into summer you can you can find there's a sort of foraging hungry gap but that was our may foraging guide i think with these podcasts we intend to nip out to our local foraging spots find what we're going to pick for ourselves and then use those well, hopefully i can get this edited and up before the end of May. <laughs> anyway, thanks, Martin. It's been a pleasure walking with you as ever. Thank you, Andy. And you're going to come back next month? Probably not. All right, well, I'll find someone else <laughs> for next month then if Martin's not around. Thanks for listening.